0: Welcome to episode 12 of the I Rather Be in Paris podcast. The final episode of season one. We'll be joined today by Frank Simpson, a financial advisor here in the, in the DC area. And we'll be talking about a very important topic, how to afford the expat life. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the I Rather Be in Paris podcast. With me is uh, a good friend and financial advisor, Frank Simpson. Frank, welcome.
1: Hey, Juan. Thanks for having me, man. Look, I, I, I really appreciate you bringing me on. And uh, look, I listen to every show and really appreciate the information that you give all of us. In fact, I think you're inspiring me. You might not know that. I think you're inspiring me to to at least explore this adventure of living abroad you know when 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 that time comes well i I appreciate that very much but you being
0: the financial advisor i think you can totally understand some of the economic advantages of living abroad sometimes
1: (laughs) you you know what there there's a lot of advantages to that in in fact um (laughs) they're really really wealthy they always look in long term to kind of move to places where their money can stretch further um but um you know, when you think of places like Gibraltar, where you can explore tax advantages that you don't have here in America, mm-hmm. um, it becomes uh, you know, an advantage an advantage uh, that you can't really get if you just stayed here and moved to a place like Florida. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, as you know, with um, the purpose of this podcast, you know, the, the focus is somewhat obviously on Paris and France in general. Um, you know, I've always touted you know, the need to have some sort of financial nest egg when considering an expat lifestyle. Um, but I think where I have fallen short and possibly the audience test questions is, you know, what habits do I have to uh, begin uh, in order to make my dream of an expat lifestyle a reality?
1: I think. <clears throat> Once you start to explore that as a um, long term plan, you you really need to start thinking about what's important to you, right? So <clears throat> you know budgeting is becomes most important, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell people this all the time. I, I think of budgeting not as something just simply finance, right? but budgeting your calories, budgeting your time, budgeting your your finances. I mean, really, you gotta. Pay attention to what you want to do. Right. So what's what's important to you? If, if this is something that you really want to do, then let's pay attention to it. Let's figure out uh, what what will it take to make this a reality. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I like to do with professional athletes when it comes to budget, and I think about this similar to the way I would think of someone wanting to live abroad long term, is you got to try to double your career in a short period of time. Right. Because we can't scale time. Right. So eight hours in a day is the eight hours that we have working. But if you want to turn it into a 16 hour workday, you can simply just whatever your net income is, try to live off half of that and then tuck the other half away. Mm -hmm. So if you think about that in theory, you just created a 16 hour workday and only had to work eight of it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So the reason why that becomes important, because if you work here in America for, let's say, 20 years, but you've been saving half of your money for 20, you just gave yourself a 40 year runway. Yeah. So you lived off of it 20 here and then the following 20 that you have in theory, right? Not not accommodating for you know, how you put that money away and how you made it work for you and how it compounded over time. Mm-hmm. But simply thinking, you just essentially gave yourself another 20 years of, of money to now live off of. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> so we can go deeper into how we look at that budget, right? There's tools that you can use like Mint and Wallet is a good one that I try to recommend to... Anyone that want to go live overseas, but I, I am also a person that's very hands on so I don't want an app just thinking for me. I'd rather mm-hmm. see exactly where everything is going and uh, figure out ways to to cut out the quote unquote the Starbucks money, yeah, and continue to tuck some of that small money away as well
0: so do you find that you know in your in your professional experience dealing with clients that that uh, in general It's it's the little purchases that that uh, that hinder us, or is it like are are people being excessive on large scale price products of things?
1: So (laughs) that's a great question. So I think it's a little bit of both, and depending on where you are in this in in the USA, Mm -hmm. right? Places like New York, you know, DC, where it's very trendy. You have friends that's doing certain things, and people kind of want to you know quote unquote keep up with the Joneses, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that they can cut. As it relates to just normal housing expenses, but certainly the the small ones add up, right? Mm -hmm. So I I did something before with a a client where I was telling them, hey, look, think about how much money you spend on lunch every year, right? If you're spending, you know, nowadays it isn't uncommon to spend ten to fifteen dollars per day on lunch, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. He and Matt and and I think the U.S. uh, D.A. said that the average cost lunch food, if you just prepared it at home, would be somewhere in the neighborhood of like $4.50. So Mm -hmm. you're talking about an additional $10 over the course of, uh, you know, $10 per day over the course of an entire year. I mean, that's almost like $2,600, right? Multiplied over time. And again, you throw in some compounding in that if you have it invested, right? That's certainly a lot of money that can add to your lifestyle when you're living abroad.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, apart from, I, I think what holds up a lot of people back is, is <clears throat> the potential for pain <laughs> in the, in the, in the process, you know, in terms of like having to do without, you know, mm-hmm. how do you get over people's mindsets? Cause you know, people want to do things they want to, you know, they want to go out, they want to travel, um, how can they kind of find that balance between saving for a potential move overseas with and still maintain something of a decent lifestyle like where do you see um when you dealt with your clients where do you see the most resistance
1: um i mean certainly people want to have fun now right i mean Mm -hmm. even when it comes to just planning for retirement here i mean i have conversation with people all the time you know and i'm sure you heard this too right it's like You know, you can't take it with you. Right. So why not just go ahead and spend all of it today? Mm -hmm. Um, And my pushback is always you can't say you can't you can't borrow for certain things. Right. Like there's no way to take a loan out for retirement. Right. Yeah. So I I keep mentioning retirement because I see that the same way that that I see trying to go live in a country outside of America. Right. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's challenges. Right. You may not be able to work for an extended period of time whenever you go make the move so you really got to plan as if this is going to be something that you 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 can't accumulate additional dollars for in that particular country right same mm-hmm. way in retirement so you can't you can't ball for things like this so what yeah what what can you do i mean really the only thing you could be is, is as i teach my son you have to you have to be intentional right so we're going to be an int- intentional you know you got to figure out what's important to you so if this is something important important to you then you just got to you know, I hate to say it, you just got to do it, right? Just got to buckle down and say, all right, is going out, you know, partying three days a weekend in my 20s more important than living the lifestyle I want to live at 50, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if if it is, then certainly, you know, choose that route. But if it is not, then, you know, don't sacrifice today for what you want tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? I, I think the other part of that you said is, right? It's still a tough challenge. The other thing to do, if you want to live both, which is certainly fine as well, you know, one plus one is two, you know, one minus one is zero, right? So if you only have enough money, one plus or one minus zero to live today's lifestyle, try to add another one to the equation by getting some additional income. Mm -hmm. So maybe take on a part-time job, uh, maybe find a way to get some passive income, which is another strategy we can certainly talk about. Something that I think is important when you make the move, Uh, you can start putting some of those those things in place now so that you can have that one plus one that's making a two live off the one now and save the other one for later.
0: Yeah. So that, that raises a good point. So, um, I'm obviously not in my twenties anymore. (laughs) Um, so for those of us that, you know, are, are, are in midlife or later, uh, and aspire to this life, um, you mentioned passive income. What, what, um, what are good
1: examples of potential passive income? Good examples of, of passive income. So the easy one is certainly start building a real estate portfolio, right? Um, it, there's a little trick known amongst many that you can borrow, you can buy a house. They'll treat it as a first time home buyer, right? You can essentially stay there for two, three years, whatever it may be, and then mm-hmm. they'll consider you a first time home buyer all over again. You can pull out the equity in that uh, in that home, buy another one, right? Some people use this strategy to then buy like five properties,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one in which they live in, and now they have four in which they can rent out, right? Mm-hmm. So now that's one way to build it. But another one, and in, in, in probably a more interesting way, and in easier one, if you're not, a, if you don't want to buy a home or or um, or use that kind of strategy, the one thing that you can do is uh, take advantage of, of the, the platform that Amazon gives you. Mm-hmm. Right. So Amazon allows you to list just regular products for sale. Right. So you can do, you can become a drop shipper or you can take advantage of price fluctuations between areas. Right. So a good friend of mine who's also, uh, you know, a, a client of mine, he told me that sometimes he'll go into Nordstrom's rack, his wife will see something and they'll buy it because it's significantly discounted. And then they'll just put it on eBay or Amazon and make money off the arbitrage because in other areas, in other areas, it's, it's, it's uh, it's more expensive mm-hmm. than uh, what it is and, you know, where, where it was priced in the area in which they bought it from. So, you know, things like that. And then, you know, if you want to write a book again, you could publish that book on Amazon. You could do it for little to nothing. Do mm-hmm. it as a PDF, publish yeah. it on Amazon and make money off of it. Amazon allows you to through prime video to do like a webinar
0: mm-hmm.
1: or some type of, you know, short film um, program that that makes a lot of sense. Uh th- there's many of different ways you can do it, but I think building a real estate portfolio and taking advantage of Amazon's massive distribution system that essentially lets you sign on for free mm-hmm. uh, makes a lot of sense to me. And, and look, not even just while you're here, but mm-hmm. again, when you can't work while you initially uh make the move to um you know to France. These things can t- continue to produce revenue for you, and you can uh, live the lifestyle you want to while you're there.
0: Yeah. Um, the other thing that the other thing that that is is really exciting, I think, and uh, to me, uh, at my age is just seeing the opportunities available to uh, to folks now to work remotely. Mm. You know with the yeah. advent, you know with with the improvement in connectivity. Uh, Across the globe, you know, um, but honestly more and more companies um, Don't have a traditional corporate headquarters anymore Um, and there's some companies that are completely um, Completely virtual they have a quote-unquote headquarters address with a few bodies, but the bulk of their You know their workforce lives all over the globe and they're interconnected on the internet so, I mean, that's that's also something that, that I think uh, if you can finagle a, uh, an opportunity to work remotely for your present employer, that's an incredible opportunity. Because you're making, in theory, you could be making, you know, an American type salary. And whether you're talking about France or somewhere else in the world, you know, that, that money can go, that salary can go a lot farther.
1: Yeah, I mean, should I think about myself, right? I mean... I don't have to be in the country to um, to do what I do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can fly to the country to meet with my clients when I need to meet with them, sure. but they don't need me here on the ground to provide my my thought and expertise uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, similarly, like my wife's a therapist, so. Uh, nowadays, like teletherapy is becoming super popular, right? Folks do therapy via Skype. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different ways, right? If you have the right career path where you can continue to make money here in the States and, uh, live the lifestyle that you want, like you said, in France.
0: So it's not just, so, uh, to kind of bring it all together, it's not just developing the good financial habits, you know, um, living within your means. Um, but, also, you may want to consider, you know, developing a passive source of income, but also your personal career path may be uh, looking to opportunities that are more open or available to uh, remote work, for example.
1: You, you know what? You you see a lot of uh, what do they call it? Digital nomads, mm-hmm. right, where they just traveling from place to place, not even parking in one place long enough to call it home. And they're doing exactly what you're talking about right now. They just find, you know, consulting jobs where they don't have to, again, be buckled down into one place. And they can just travel the world giving their thoughts and expertise, um, you know, while still living the lifestyle that they want. So, no, I certainly agree with you on that one. So, you're, um, you know, we've been friends for several years and,
0: and, and you live in Maryland. So, um, now, with respect to you. you for for you know, now. You, for now, exactly. So that that leads into my next question. So, not that I'm pressuring you to say France, but where you know, if you were thinking of
1: moving outside the United States, what what would be a good place for you and why? So, so in researching for for this uh, show with you, like you know, pa- Paris is is always attractive, right? My wife would love to move there, uh, but in looking at some of the numbers, I mean. Four-person family cost in, in Paris is very similar to a four-person pers- family cost in New York. In fact, I think the cost of living index is 13, roughly about 14% lower mm-hmm. in Paris than it is in, in uh in, in New York City. So, <clears throat> you know, that just says that it's achievable, right? If you can put some of the things that we talked about here in place where maybe you can get some passive income, right? Like if you could build a portfolio of dividend paying stocks that's going to generate the income that you need, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to live abroad, then, you know, it's, it's certainly available to you. So, you know what, Paris will be great. You know, I, I see Paris very similar, similarly to DC, Mm -hmm. right. Where you can just, you know, take your wife out on a nice stroll, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night and, uh, enjoy the, the sights and sounds around you get great food, you know, meet great and interesting people from all over the world. So, um, you know, I I would love to to live in Paris one day.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because um, the episode prior to this, Mm -hmm. um, I was speaking with uh, Janet Holstrand, an author, and she lives in the Champagne region Mm -hmm. uh, in a town of, I think less than a thousand people, if I remember off the top of my head, but obviously very different lifestyle. But uh, I think also the issue is uh, from a, You know, you're offering very practical advice, but, you know, you're a family man, as am I. The issue becomes, do I want to live the expat life in Paris or is the option France? I think, you know, uh, in my conversations with my family, the Paris is the objective, um, but we're certainly entertaining options uh, beyond Paris uh, if the financials, you know, deem it necessary. I think that you know there's a certain amount of practicality that has to go into this whole process of of trying to achieve uh, an expatriate life.
1: So, so in, in retirement planning, <clears throat> right? Because we're thinking about this long term. Mm-hmm. We have something that's called the uh, safe withdrawal rate, right? <clears throat> so, as someone's thinking about living anywhere, right? So now we're thinking even outside of France. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever this nest egg that you're able to build, right? Let's say you can impl- um uh you can put in put into place the strategy that you can save 50% of your income over time right mm-hmm. so you start this idea at 20 you're earning from 20 to 50 and you save 50% of everything you have and let's say you just have 3 million dollars saved up that you you can live anywhere you want to so the safe withdrawal rate is about 4% so you can live off about 4% of that on an annual basis right so whatever the math of that that is if you want to quickly calculate that right mm-hmm. So let's say for argument's sake, that's about I don't know 60 grand on it on an annual basis. they just gotta think, figure out where in the world can my 60 grand afford me the lifestyle that I want to live. And uh those places are now the options that you have, right? So when I think of like where could I take advantage of the arbitrage of making money here, going somewhere else, and then doubling my lifestyle, then you know, one one of the destinations that I would have to throw out there, and I'm not throwing a cheap plug in there, but you know, the the Dominican Republic is certainly another place that my wife and I would can see ourselves living long term, right? Short flight from here to there, and uh, certainly uh, money goes a, goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Got to learn that Spanish though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, that's no, it, that's why I have good friends like you to teach me before I sure. go.
0: So for sure, um, no, but you, you know, it, 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 it is true. There's uh, a, and um, the as we get older, you know, access to family, access to medical care, you know, that becomes a little bit more paramount. So you raise a good point that um, with your Dominican Republic example, it's three hours away from the states. So if you have to get back home quickly for family. Uh, any family situations or whatever or to let's say look in on your passive income s- stream It becomes a little bit more uh, a little less expensive and a little bit easier to handle. But um, now The the other thing that that um, I want to kind of touch upon is um, You're talking about you know, we're talking about lo- This is a long-term thing this because let's be honest There's no quick fixes. Yep, you know um so let's say um, I'm a young person, I'm in my 20s. What can I, apart from just strictly saving, what vehicles do you suggest? I mean, we've mentioned 401ks, but are there other, because I know that as we age, some financial vehicles become a little bit more advantageous to us, depending on our age and, our, and our, our, our point in life than others. So if I'm a young person, what vehicle should I be considering? And if I'm, let's say, north of 50. What should I, I I be considering for myself?
1: Yeah, great great question. And uh, look, I'm I'm passionate about this stuff, so mm-hmm. you know if I start to bore you a little bit with, <laughs> with some of the the minutia, I apologize in advance. But um, so so look, with 401ks, great great savings vehicle. Uh, but the best thing about them is that someone else is helping you contribute to them, right? Mm-hmm. Long term, they're not the best because, um, at some point you got to quote unquote, pay the piper. Right. So um, even though you may have a million dollars in your 401k, uh, you're never going to see all of that million because you got to you got to pay someone something that's called taxes. Right. Taxes mm-hmm. got to come out that at some sure. point. And uh, if if you're fortunate enough to become a high earner, you know, you can be paying taxes at you can be in your 20s, tucking money away tax free that you're gonna eventually pay a higher tax rate on long-term unless you do some things in the middle. So, so yeah, for, contributing to your 401k in your early 20s is certainly you know, one of the best strategies because you don't have a lot of money and someone else is gonna contribute mm-hmm. uh, some money to the pot. So it makes a, a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, one of one of the vehicles that I always try to tell folks to do is is just get a brokerage account, right? Instead of putting your money into a che- checking account where you, you're earning little to no interest at all, uh, or a savings account where you're getting you know less than one percent. Just open up a brokerage account. You know, start dumping some money into uh, you know a small portfolio. Find a stock that you just can follow and study and know the ins and outs of the business, mm-hmm. and uh, start contributing to that company on a regular basis. And and you'll see over time where you're not really chasing a home run, right? Something that you can win the lottery on that's going to go from a $1 dollar to a hundred dollars, right? That doesn't that doesn't happen overnight, generally speaking. Uh, but over time, right? if you're starting in your 20s, True. you can see that growth over 10 years where a company just really hits a well. You know them well enough to contri- contrib- continue to contribute money. And uh, like I said, over time, you, you'll see that quote unquote home run where you bought it at a significantly low cost and now it's trading at a significantly high cost and you, you were able to buy a, a gazillion shares when it was little to nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I have had these conversations um, off and on for, I guess, since the time that we met. <laughs> um, but you have your own firm uh, in Maryland. I, I, obviously, um, you know, it's important if you're endeavoring to do anything like this, you know, not to do it without assistance of a professional. So it's incredibly important to um you know, to, to seek the advice of a, of a qualified financial advisor, you got to do your homework in that respect, in terms of identifying an individual. Um, and uh, you also have to come to, as, as you have told me, you know, you have to, w- which I really appreciated. you have to know your level of risk, you have mm-hmm. to know what you're, what you're comfortable with. Because whether you're in your 20s, or in your 40s, or in your 60s, um, some folks are comfortable with risk and other people aren't. Um, so I, I think the The element of risk um, is important to factor in here. You're taking the risk to potentially live in another country. (laughs) But from a financial perspective, you have to also realize, you know, how much risk am I willing to uh, handle? Because that's going to dictate your decision making financially, I'm, I'm certain.
1: So, so great, great points. Um, so, so look, there's three things that I kind of focus in on in having this conversation, right? The first mm-hmm. and foremost, we hit on at the top of the, 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 the call, which is you got to budget, right? You got to budget your money appropriately. Uh, figure out what that is, whether you follow the Elizabeth Warren model of 50, 30, 20, uh, whether you follow in the model that I kind of presented, which is 50% out the, of out the your net, um but you got to do it right you got to figure out what's coming in what's going out and uh try to cut the things that aren't that important to you versus what's important to you later and uh and tuck tuck um all that savings away for for what you want in the future the second of which is like we mentioned right figure out what you can do passively whether you have an appetite for real estate you know whether you have an appetite for a dividend paying stocks or um, you know, uh, municipal bonds that pay you sometimes in the neighborhood of five percent on an on annual basis, uh, and what you invested in it, or again, finding something that you enjoy that you can distribute on Amazon's huge platform, whether that's um, content or a product or you know, writing a book, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing is. What you what you're talking about now, right like you got to be able to work with someone that you know and trust that can help you with this this process right preferably a licensed financial professional who will not only help you know what your level of risk is as it relates to even those things before, helping you with budgeting, helping you with all those passive investments um but they'll help you define what that number is right mm-hmm. um they'll they'll help you understand like okay based on what your lifestyle is today. Like, no one wants to downgrade their lifestyle, right? We talked about that. People kind of of want to maintain where they are. All right. So, we can project out what you're going to need from this moment on to some point in the future, 30 years from now, figure Mm -hmm. out what that number is going to be, and then help you create an overall strategy that's appropriate for your stated risk, right? Mm -hmm. Some people. Again, we're not even talking about investments, right? Some people don't want to become property owners, right? They don't want the idea of dealing with renters, right? But maybe that person can help you think through, all right, what's a good management company to be able to handle this for you so that you won't have to deal with that headache? Or exactly. you know what? This doesn't work for you, so let's think about something else that, that will, right? So mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on <laughs> – there's a company locally in PG County called 2U – a year ago, they were trading at $100, and today they're trading at about 15 bucks, right? So that's mm-hmm. a lot of volatility, right? They'll figure out if that volatility is right for you. You know, maybe tomorrow they're trading at 200 bucks, But, you know, for some people, they can pallet that, and, and others, they cannot. But I think working with, a, um, like I said, a licensed financial professional who does this on a regular basis can help take some of that stress off of you while helping you get to where you want to be.
0: Yeah, you know, honestly, um, a, you know— not to delve into, into this out of it, but it's it, it, hindsight is 2020, 20, you know, um, and looking back, um, I wish I had had developed a lot of these financial habits a lot earlier in my life. I'm glad I'm doing them now to the best of my ability now, but. How if I let's say whatever stage of life you are, let's say I want to find a financial advisor. What's a good place? Is there a trade organization that we can go to to kind of identify people locally um, that are that are licensed, reputable, vetted? You know, where would where would a a person go?
1: I think you really start with your friends, right? I mean, your friends and family will tell you if they had a good experience with someone, if they willing to recommend them. Mm-hmm. Then, because uh, we don't just recommend people, right? I mean, you know this. Like, you mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, ah, uh, you know what? Do I want to send? You know, whether that person, whether the professional is right for the friend or family, or rather, the friend or friend family is right for the professional. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be somewhat reserved, at whether you're going to make that connection. And if a family or friend is willing to make the connection, then you, you got to feel good about what the experience is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somewhat both ways. So I think you start you start there. And if you can't get what you need with people that you know, mm-hmm. then I will go online. Um, Smart Asset has a good program. And I don't work with any of these companies, by the way, that I'm mentioning. So
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: certainly there's no conflict of interest. But mm-hmm. Smart Asset has a good platform in which you go online, you fill out your information. Uh, if you want to work with a financial professional, they'll recommend – Financial professionals that they work with in your mm-hmm. geographical area, Okay. and uh, they'll help align you with three of them. Then you'll you'll three or more actually, and then you can choose uh, who you want to work with. The other the other good tool to look at if you're here in the states anyway, um, go to BrokerCheck. You know BrokerCheck.com. Mm-hmm. You can go, you know, scroll through all of the licensed professionals um, across the country. You can sort by zip code. You can figure out if they have any disclosures, uh, whether the firm is reputable or not. Uh, so certainly that's a good, that's a good place to use even after someone else make a recommendation for you, but certainly another platform you can use to look up, uh, professionals on your own. Excellent. Um, Frank, I want to thank you for
0: your time. It's, this has been, um, I've learned a lot, um, and offline, I'm sure I'm going to have to seek seek more advice from you as always. <laughs> um, but I, I hope this is the first of 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 many uh, many uh, guest appearances on the podcast. Um, I think you've opened up um, a lot of avenues for discussion. So I look forward to to,
1: to our next meeting. Hey Juan, well, look again. As I said. On the uh, on the front end of the show, like I'm a subscriber, you know, I truly do appreciate um, all the information that you're sharing with folks like myself who want to explore potentially living outside of the country at some point in time. And uh, any anything that you need in regards to what I can add, certainly just ask the question and I'll I'll be there.
0: I appreciate it. Now, if um, uh, if um, folks wanted to get in touch with you, um local folks in, in, uh, the Maryland area that are looking to, to seek financial advice, uh, where could they reach out to you, to you for your, uh, or your company rather?
1: So great, great question. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm licensed to do business in, in, uh, multiple States across the country. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to be in Maryland. You can be anywhere and, uh, seek out my advice. Uh, my website is, uh, the sim firm that's t-h-e-s-i-m-f-i-r-m.com i'm sure you'll drop a link to the website in the show notes and uh i mean i my my cell is also public as well so you know 301-539-9331 someone can just give me a call and they don't have to be a client actually or or want to be a client if they just have you know some questions i mean I'll, i'll i'll talk to someone with one buck who who's inquisitive about finance and we can have a conversation again. I love what I do, so you know I don't always have to get business from it. We can, if I can help someone to add some value to somewhere, then certainly I'll, I'll do that. And, uh, and you can get my email as well in the in the show notes. Someone can reach out to me via email as well, at at simfirm.com. Excellent.
0: Thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know you're, you're you're taking time out of uh, out of your weekend and uh, a little mini vacation to to be on the podcast. So I really appreciate it uh my best to you and the family and i'll see you soon likewise thank you very much we'll
1: talk again all right take care all right bye -bye.
0: i hope you enjoyed this episode as i said earlier this is the final episode of season one I will be taking the month of October off to just relax and regroup and start planning, frankly, for, for season two. Uh, before I go, I just want to thank each and every one of you that have listened to the podcast, rated and viewed it, and more importantly, shared it with, with your friends. It means a great deal to me that, that this small project that, uh, I thought about over a year ago is actually gaining some traction and, and finding an audience. So I appreciate it very much. Uh, in the meantime, You can always reach out to me uh, online at our website, iratherbeinparis.com, our Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter profiles. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.